Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. We welcome our online audience, those who are in diaspora, wherever you are in the world, as you join with us in this um, watch night service. I'm aware some of you may be watching live now and others may be watching later in the day because uh, you may be in America or Canada or some other place and uh, we're some hours ahead of you and those in places like Australia, uh, <laughs> rather, yeah, we're some hours behind you. So wherever it is you're listening, uh, we trust this will meet you well. At the end of the Feast of Tabernacles in 2023, I was very disappointed because I was expecting the glory of God to come in 2023. I've learned something about God, and I'm still learning. In order to walk with God, you have to be honest. If you try and... God, He doesn't deal in all those things. The Bible says His light and in Him is no darkness at all. So I asked God, I said, God, what happened? Because on my own side, as a person, the things God had shown me, the watching and praying always, you know, revelation, love. I was, I, was, I, by the grace and the mercy of God, you know, I was actually practicing those things. And I saw them in my life. Then there were so many signs, you know, our books, everything fell into place. And when I looked at what was going on in the world, the Russia-Ukraine war, this was, and then, you know, uh, the Hamas war, uh, I said, aha, God will do something now, you know, to reverse these things. But it didn't happen. So I, I asked God. I will never forget it. Immediately after the um, Feast of Tabernacles, I had to travel to England. I went to go back to the UK. I was in Heathrow Airport. I traveled alone because, you know, Pastor Wiley had already gone ahead. Pastor Laulu, they were all waiting for me there. So I, <coughs> I was alone. So I had to wait for my luggage and everything. I remember very clearly the Lord spoke to me. He said, you were ready as a person. He said, but the majority of the church, including a lot of your people, were not ready. He said, if the glory had come, you'd be crying now. Then he said to me, he said, and even you are not as ready as you think you are. He said, you're ready. He said, but not to the degree that I wanted you to be ready. And then he downloaded these messages. It came as a series of revelations over the next many weeks while I was abroad. And he gave me the message for tonight. And I've entitled it the times of the Feast of Tabernacles. In the book of First Chronicles, in chapter 12, in verse 32, we read these words. 
And the sons of Issachar, turn with me there. First Chronicles chapter 12, where in the world are you? Yeah, I got it. And it's verse 32. This is the prophetic shadow of the, of the prophetic ministry. And of the children of Issachar, I didn't hear you. I did not hear you. I don't want to hear Pastor Gwega and the pastors alone. I want to hear you, the choir. I want to hear everybody. And of the children of Issachar, which were men of, that had understanding of the times. There was a understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. I'm going to stop there. The sons of Issachar typify the prophetic. And one of the main characteristics of the prophetic ministry is to allow the church both collectively and individually. That's why you get sometimes individual prophecy. You know, to know the times of God's purposes so that the people of God would know what to do in order to prosper in those purposes. Hence, the scripture further says, somewhere in the Kings, he says that, <clears throat> you know, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so uh, shall you prosper. That prosperity isn't just money. It includes money. But it, more importantly, he's talking about prospering in the purposes of God that has been revealed through the prophet. And that's why God sends prophets to the church to give us, it says, the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. He will give us revelation and understanding of what God is doing and what God will yet do so that we can prepare for it, you know, and thereby prosper. I'm going to again make reference. I've done it so many times in the last many months. Because it's relevant to Kenneth Hagin and the Lord Jesus when he appeared to him in 1959. He had a lot of visions, but that particular vision in the hospital was one of the most revealing to me. Ken Hagin was a good man. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing the work of God. Then God allowed him to have a car accident. And his hand was in plaster of Paris. And he was admitted into hospital. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, came to see him in hospital. In fact, if you read his book, uh, I believe in visions, the title of that chapter is A Hospital Visitor. Jesus walked in about 6 o'clock in the evening or something like that. You know, <clears throat> just walks into the hospital in his room. He said he, he thought it was a nurse. Because Jesus had appeared to him before, you see. He said he thought it was a nurse. He said, then he saw it was Jesus. All the hair on his, this thing stood up. And Jesus, very casual, he just pulled a chair, just like any visitor, <laughs> sat on it. It's one, an example of what's known as an open vision. In an open vision, you see and hear in the realm of the spirit, and at the same time, your physical senses are intact. You know? So Jesus sat there 
And the first thing he said to him, one of the first things he said to him, he said, uh, <clears throat> I told you that this is not my perfect will. He said, but however, I have allowed it to happen to arrest your attention. He said, and instead of being angry with me, these were his words, that I didn't stop the accident from happening, you should be thanking me. He said, because if it had not happened, you would have continued in your error. This 1959. I think he was 42 years old. And you would have died at the age of 55. And you would never have fulfilled the fullness of your ministry. He said, and the reason why this thing, I allowed it to happen, is because you put your teaching ministry above your prophetic ministry because it was more popular with men. And then he said to him, he rebuked him. He said, and I I've told you this thing three times. He said, this is the third one. And that is why I've had to use this drastic to get your attention. You see, the Holy Spirit was already witnessing to Kenneth Hagen about it. But Kenneth Hagen ignored it because it was not... Nobody likes healing and prosperity. Nobody likes this prophetic. So you don't want to talk about that. You want to talk about what the people like. And at that time, Ken Hagen, this is 1959, he was friends with Demo Shikarian. Demo Shikarian was the guy who started Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship, which was started in, I think, in 1953. This was six years down the road. So Ken Hagen was one of his good friends, you know. So they were always invited Ken Hagen to come and do um, faith seminar, prayer seminar, you know, healing seminar. So he would come, full gospel people, you know, who, uh, full gospel businessmen fellowship, they came out of the churches. They were still in churches, but they would have their meeting in hotels. We still have them here in Nigeria. You know, they will invite businessmen. That's where the word comes from. You know, full gospel businessmen fellowship international. So Ken Hagen would come and he would teach hundreds, thousands of them, you know, and he was a very, very um, blessed and prosperous and successful ministry. So Ken Hagen was enjoying it. <laughs> you know, and he liked it. And Jesus didn't say it was wrong. But what Jesus said was that he put his teaching ministry in front of his prophetic ministry. And then he said to him, if you look at my word, you see that the prophetic ministry always comes first. For instance, he quoted 1 Corinthians 12 to him. If, if it is the true Jesus who appears to you in a vision, he will never say anything contrary to the word of God. That's one sure way of knowing. Scripture says, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Don't believe it because they said Jesus appeared to them. Find out what the Jesus that appeared to them. And I use the word the Jesus because <laughs> Satan can appear as an angel of light. How would you know? Have you seen him before? That's why you shouldn't put too much trust in visions and dreams. They're, they're important. They have their place. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. You know? So Jesus, Jesus told us, he said, you put your, he said in my word, it says firstly apostles, then secondly really prophets, then thirdly teachers. Then he put it Ephesians 4. He said, you know, given some apostles and prophets and, 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 uh, and um, evangelists and teachers, you know, he said, the prophet always come before the teacher. He said, but that's where you missed your mistake. And he corrected him. Then he said, now I'm going to teach you about the prophetic ministry. 
And that's going to tie into my message now. He said, for somebody to stand in the office of the prophet, he will need at least two of the revelation gifts operating in his life on a consistent basis in addition to the gift of prophecy. And of course, he would teach and preach the gospel, you know, the word of God. So that constitutes the true ministry of the prophet. The revelation gifts are three of them. They are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discernings of spirits. Discernings in plural, meaning they are different. This is not discernment. That's a concept that is totally misunderstood. And many people are substituting discernment for discernment. It's not, it's not, it's not, oh, you just feel something or you discern. No. Discern of spirits means the ability to see or hear or smell in the realm of the spirit. Usually, it comes in the vision form or a dream, but many times in the vision form. And there are three levels of vision. It was just taught can in all of these things. You know, he said, you know, the lowest type of vision is where you have a vision in your spirit. You see, you know, your eyes are closed and you, 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 you see something in the realm of the spirit. The second type is a trance. In the trance, your physical senses are temporarily suspended. So you don't see the physical things around you. All you just see is in the realm of the spirit. But your eyes are not closed. Then the third one is the highest form, which is the open vision, which was the one Jesus had, Kenneth Hagin had when Jesus appeared to him. You know, he told him, he said, the time is near. You know, you need to fulfill your ministry. You know. Many years later, I got born again through the Holy Spirit. Began to pray a lot in tongues and pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation as instructed by Kenneth Hagin. In about 1988, 89, I began to operate a prophetic teaching ministry. I didn't have it before then. The earlier years, 84, 85, we just had a scripture pastor, uh, teaching light scriptures, healing, deliverance, you know, prosperity, and everybody loved me. <laughs> you know? Church was full. But that, that year, 88, 89, God began to give me word of wisdom, which talks about the future, word of knowledge from God's word. I didn't, I have never, up till today, you know, had discerning of spirits. I've never had it. Discerning of spirits is just a carrier gift anyway. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist in isolation. When it's in operation, it carries either a word of wisdom a word of knowledge, or both. And so, God, that's why God, Jesus told Ken Hagen, that those are, you need two revelation gifts. He didn't say which ones, he just said two. And the two important ones are really word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You, if you have discernment of spirits with it, great. If you don't, it doesn't matter. So, in 1989, 1990, God gave me a revelation. We put it in, I preached it, you know, I taught it, and then we put it in the book. 
We call the book Times and Seasons. He gave me a revelation of the end time. And he also gave me a revelation on another message I taught. We also made that into a book, The Joshua Generation. All this was before Papa Ralph came. Papa Ralph came and confirmed and clarified and amplified those things. I, there were a lot of prophetic messages I brought. Elisha and Elijah, uh, 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 the man-child company, you know, times and seasons, the Joshua generation. Oh, it came. I didn't have it before. So I had stepped into the prophetic ministry. And by the grace and the mercy of God, I'm still in there today. Now, this message I'm going to give to you tonight is an amplification and an expansion of those prophetic revelations I received over 30, we're now in 2020, it's about 34 years now. Those ones came in 1990. 88, 89, 90. Papa Ralph first came here in 1990. I'd already preached them before Papa Ralph came. He came and he confirmed. I remember when Papa Ralph preached, people were shouting all over the church. And I remember Papa Ralph saying, you know, uh, he was saying to the church, when he, the first, he first came in 1990. He didn't come in 1901. Then he came again in 92. 92 was when he taught on perfection in, the, in our convention, you know. And then, you know, he came again in December, around October, November, and he taught on Esther. I, those were great meetings. And Papa Ralph was telling the church, he was telling the scripture pastor, you know, about me. He said, your pastor is one of the sons of Issachar. That had understanding of the times and what Israel ought to do. So in 1989-1990, these revelations came. I will just make them very brief. Two of them. I didn't read in a book. It came through the word of God. But I knew it was true. And I preached it. Number one, the end time is characterized by three jubilee cycles. A jubilee is about 50 years. And it's divided into three jubilee cycles. Uh, <clears throat> uh, David, uh, Brother Gmikule, and uh, get the chart right. Not yet. I'll tell you when to put it up. But make sure it's ready. So when I tell you to put it up, you put it up. The first jubilee cycle is from 1900 to 1950. And it mirrors the season of trumpets, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. That's why I've entitled this message, The Times of the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm going to relate to 2024 in a minute. The Times of the Feast of Tabernacles. The word times is better translated years. So when the Bible says the sons of Issachar that had understanding of the times, they had understanding of the years of the purposes of God, and what Israel ought to do in those years. So by the end of this message, I'm going to tell you what you ought to do in 2024. And just for, com just for completeness and contrast, you need to know 
that what you're going to be doing in 2024 is not what you're going to be doing in 2034. Because the season will change. You say, and it's so sad. Because the church doesn't understand. And they just, you know, just doing what they like. Well, that's going to change. Because the Bible says, Israel, when there was no king in the land, said every man did what was right in his own eyes. But that day is over. Because the kings are about to appear. And what distinguishes between a spiritual child, a spiritual servant, and a prince, and a king, is that the king operates with spirit without measure. So there is no room for, like oh, there was a great prophecy that came from a lady called Jane Lead in 1679. I think I should actually share that prophecy. I've shared it here in church many years ago, but you know, in the light of present truth, I should actually share it again. You know, and one of the things that came from that prophecy <clears throat> was that the church is light and they are found wanting and they are, they, are, they are now qualified. He said, but out of the church, he's going to bring a, a perfect church, a glorious church, and it will settle all controversies. We're on the verge of that now. So, in... 1990, this revelation came. Three jubilee cycles. The first was in 1900 that correspond to the three seasons of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles has three sections. Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Trumpets was in the season between 1900 and 1950. And what happened in 1900 and 1950? 1900, 1901, then 1906. Tongues was restored to the church. The baptism of Jose had been absent for thousands of years. John Wesley and others touched on it, but they didn't get into the deep thing. You know, they were grown, but they really wouldn't pray in tongues. You know, if tongues was new. And the purpose of the trumpet in Old Testament Israel, one of the purposes of the trumpet, that three purposes really, the first one was to gather the people together. The second one was to give them direction to, you know, of their journeys, when Israel was journeying. The third purpose of the trumpet was to prepare them for war. Which is exactly what happened. In 1900, the tongues was restored to the church. And as the church began to pray and, 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 and pray in tongues, within 50 years, something spectacular happened. Number one, there was the regathering of natural Israel in 1948. 1948 was a very, very significant year. Because not only was there a gathering of natural Israel, that natural Israel became a nation, simultaneously at the same time, there was a regathering of the church at three levels. The Evangelical Council of Churches started with Billy Graham's ministry, those are the guys who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evangelicals. The Pentecostals gathered under the voice of healings of uh, Gordon Lindsay and, and Kenneth Hagen and William Branham and all of those guys. Then the kingdom people gathered under the Lateran movement in Canada in 1940, all of it in 1948. Not a coincidence. It was the fulfillment of the feast of the season of trumpets. 
also around that time. Again, as I'm going to be sharing with you as we go on, prophetic shadows are shadows. You cannot and should not, if you have understanding, be fixated on a specific day, time, and year. You don't do that. They're seasons. A little, for instance, we said it's 1900 to 1950, but Israel was actually crowned in 948, which is about two years of that. That's a shadow. So, what happened was uh, all these three levels, the, the, the natural Israel was regathered. The spiritual Israel was regathered. The Evangelical Council of Churches. Then, this same 1948, the Pentecostals gathered in the voice of healings. This same 1948, the kingdom people who started talking about perfection, people like George Warnock and others, gathered in what was known as the Lateran Movement that set the stage for the church for the next 50 years. The second season was a season of the Day of Atonement in which the Word of God which began to have an emphasis on teaching of the Word of God. You know, and the men that primarily were used in this movement was Kenneth Hagin primarily, Derek Prince, and others, you know, I don't know all their names, you know, they started, there was a strong emphasis on the teaching of God's word. And there was a reason for it. What does the word of God do? He said, he gave us the word of God that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The purpose of the season of um, <clears throat> the day of atonement was to cleanse the church using the life of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, to give the church the experience of what we know as cleansing perfection. That season too has been fulfilled. 1995, here in Scripture Pasture, by the grace and the mercy of God. You know, we're going to get revelation on perfection and, and, and uh, cleansing perfection. Things I've never heard anybody say or preach. And a lot of messages, what we call the landmark messages, all came. We put everything in our website five years later in 2000. You know, and 1995 was a seminal year because that year, I remember that uh, uh, convention. I can never forget it. The glory cloud came here. How many people were here in 1995? Papa, Papa Hagen was stuck. Papa Ralph, sorry. He was stuck on the floor. He said, OJ, I can't get up. It's like Velcro. <laughs> he couldn't get up. <laughs> there was a visitation we'd never seen before. And it didn't happen again after that. God allowed it to happen as a sign. So we ended another season from 995. <coughs> oh, you can see. 2000, <coughs> again, see the shadow. The shadow is 1950 to 2000, but it actually happened in 1995 and then continued to happen. So, when the third season now, which is the season of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is 2000 to 2050, about, again, it's a shadow. It's, you know, don't go and say, Pastor Olubi said, just come back in 2050. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know. Jesus didn't know the day or the hour. 
neither do I. But I know the season. It will be about then. It could be 2051. It could be 2055 or 2056. I don't know. But it will be around that season. One thing I certainly know is that it's not tomorrow. Because I understand the times and the seasons. It's not tomorrow. It's not 2030. It's not 2034. It's not going to be 2040. It's not going to come. He's coming. But there are other things that have to happen before he comes. Which is the purpose of this uh, prophetic message. So God gave me this revelation of three 50-year cycles. 50 is jubilee. So the first jubilee was fulfilled and Israel was released back into the land. Because jubilee is a time of release. Which is exactly what happened. Israel that had been out of the land for thousands of years, that land, in fact, in, in natural Israel, in the Jubilee, you restore the land to people after they've lost it through either they didn't have money or all of that. You know, that's what Jubilee is. <clears throat> and for the first time, after 2,000 years, as far as I know, and nobody, I've put this challenge out for years, nobody has been able to correct me or say it's not so. For the first time, after almost 2,000 years, Jesus appears to a man and begins to teach. That's me. Apart from Paul, it's never happened in human. In, people have had visions of Jesus. They just see him for two minutes. He lays hands on them. They get healed and all that. But it's different. If you look at the visions of Kenneth Hagin, spread over a 30, 40-year period, Jesus would appear to him and he would teach him. Sometimes one hour. Teach him about the prophetic ministry. There's another one, you know, I think that was in 1952. He was preaching for a pastor. You know, in those days they didn't have hotels, you know, and the church didn't have money like we have money now. So they couldn't afford to put the pastors, uh, the preaching pastor, the visiting pastor in a hotel. So he would stay in the house, in the parsonage of the, of the, of the pastor who invited him. He would stay in the guest room, in the guest chalet. You know, and the, they had a prayer meeting, the pastor and his daughter. They knelt down to, to pray. Kenneth Hagen and, you know, immediately entered a white cloud. This one was a spiritual vision. It was not an open vision. It wasn't a trance. Immediately he knelt down. He entered into a white cloud and he saw Jesus in front of him. And Jesus began to talk to him. That was when he got the message, you can have what you say. Jesus told him some things, and then as Jesus was trying to go, was, was leaving, he said, Lord, there is a message I've been trying to download. I've been trying to. He said, but I have not been able to pick it. He said, please, Lord, now you are here. Can you tell me? Just looked at him and smiled sweetly. And he said to him, he said, yeah. He said, my spirit has been trying to get that message across to you. He said, but you couldn't, you, you haven't picked it. He said, but now I'm here, I'll give it to you. You know? And then, you know, from Mark eleven twenty three. Then he went to, he took him to the story of David and Goliath. How David said five times he would defeat Goliath. And that's what happened. And when he closed his eyes, he says, when he closed his eyes, he will see Jesus. He said, once he opens his eyes, Jesus will disappear. It's a spiritual vision. You see him in your spirit. You close your eyes, you see him. You open your eyes, he's gone. <laughs> and he wrote it all that. He's in another book called, you know, you can have what you say. It's there. You know, it's recorded there. So anyway, so we have 20, 
these seasons. It's very important to understand the seasons. So God, so it makes 150 years. If you take it from 1900, 1950, 1950, 2000, 2000, 2050. So that's what we're looking at. We're in 2024 now. To, you know, in a few minutes, in 2024, you know, we're entering the last season. We haven't fully entered it yet, but we're, we're about to enter it. Then something else the Lord said to me that I want to share with us. You see, this last season from 2000 to 2050, which is 50 years, is divided into 25-year periods. The first period is the ingathering of the fruit of the Spirit. That is why in these last 25 years or 30 years, since about 1995 up till now, there's been an emphasis on love and the development of the fruit of the Spirit. Because that's the first, the, 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 that's why the Feast of Tabernacles is called the Feast of Ingathering. That's the first thing you have to bring, is bring in the fruit. And that's gone from, when I 2024, you know, up 2025. I'm going to share more about this in, in a few minutes. You know, then the second part of the season is the last part, which is the ingathering of disciples from every tribe, tongue, and kindred. The ingathering of the nations. That season is what will start from about 2025 and onwards. We're in the tail end of the season of the ingathering of the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.